Thank you, and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, the issue of whether or not creation should be taught in schools comes up frequently in the public arena. Mm -hmm. And a few months ago, it was on the Council for Higher Education Accreditation's business agenda. Yes, Scott, the Council for Higher Education Accreditation, or CHEA, is an institution that scrutinizes accrediting organizations and accepts or rejects them for membership. Now, when you say accrediting organizations, what do you mean? What are they? They're organizations that evaluate a college or university and determine, according to whatever standards they specifically apply, whether or not that school meets their criteria for conferring an accredited degree on their students. Now, for example, the college of which I'm a trustee, Emmaus Bible College, is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission and the Association for Biblical Higher Education. The Higher Learning Commission, or HLC, is not concerned with any biblical standards, but their sanctioning allows students to get an accredited bachelor's degree, which is recognized by the entire academic community. However, in addition to that, by being accredited by the ABHE, the Emmaus degree also has the stamp of approval of a highly respected, biblically-based accreditation institution. And it sounds like CHEA gives accreditation to organizations that accredit colleges? That's about it. (laughs) So how many accrediting organizations are there? I don't know, Scott, but apparently there are a significant number of them, and one in particular, and it's not the ABHE, is currently under scrutiny because of their position on creation. So, CHEA is in the process of determining if they are going to renew its membership. The organization is the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. It's known as TRACS, T-R-A-C-S. And like the ABHE, it's involved in the accreditation of Christian colleges and universities. CHEA has been soliciting comments concerning whether or not to renew TRACS membership, and a letter addressing the issue was published in the Wall Street Journal on March 5th of this year, 2021. The title of the article is A Compromise on Creationism, and the author is S.J. Swamidas. Dr. Swamidas? You mm-hmm. know, I remember him if he's the same Dr. Swamidas that wrote the article about the ancestry of Adam and Eve that we discussed many months ago. It's the same person. And just as he was proposing a kind of compromise between biblical interpretation and evolution on the origin of Adam and Eve, he is proposing, as the title of the article indicates, a compromise between CHEA and tracks. I found the article very interesting on several levels, and so in our program today, we'll read several portions of his article and discuss some of its assumptions, proposals, and conclusions. Again, the title is A Compromise on Creationism by S.J. Swamidas, published in the Wall Street Journal, March 5th, 2021. I will not read every word, but I won't change any of the words written. So, quoting from the article, Next week, the Council for Higher Education Accreditation, or CHEA, will consider whether it should continue to recognize a young earth creationist group. 
This might seem like a classic instance of the tension between religion and science, but the real issue is whether Americans can live alongside each other while disagreeing about the most important issues. The Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools, known as TRACS, describes itself, quote, as a national institutional accrediting agency for Christian post-secondary institutions, colleges, universities, and seminaries, unquote. Founded in the late 1970s, the group today accredits more than 80 schools around the world. That includes Bob Jones University, which grants science degrees that require course credits in creation science. The track statement of faith includes conventional Christian beliefs. It also holds the special creation of the existing space-time universe and all its basic systems and kinds of organisms in the six literal days of the creation week to be true. In the early years, tracks had its applications for recognition denied by the U.S. Education Department. It finally gained federal recognition during the George H. W. Bush presidency. Eventually, in 2001, Trax was recognized by CHEA. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Scott, did you notice any political tone to the process of Trax getting denied but then recognized later? Well, apparently it took a more conservative administration in the White House for the U.S. Education Department to recognize Trax. And subsequently, CHEA followed suit. Exactly. It wasn't that their statement of faith changed. The attitude in the government's bureaucracy towards Christian faith changed, at least for a period of time. But let's read on. Swamidas says, quote, As a medical doctor and research scientist, I reject young earth creationism as a valid scientific theory. Like most scientists, I perceive a readily observable fact. Earth is billions of years old, and many of my colleagues believe that CHEA shouldn't have admitted tracks in the first place, unquote. Now let's evaluate that statement. He said, like most scientists. At least he didn't say, like all true scientists. <laughs> well, that's a good observation, Scott. Dr. Swamidas is much more accepting of creationists and their stand on origins than a large segment of evolutionists, and I can appreciate that about him. I think his sincere motivation is to engender better coexistence between these very opposing views. The thing is, he doesn't seem to grasp the importance of the issue he thinks should be on the table for compromise, which is the meaning of Scripture. But getting back to what he said, he asserts that it is a readily observable fact that Earth is billions of years old. I submit that that is a totally subjective and scientifically debatable claim. Now, when, by definition, the conditions for explaining origins of the universe, the earth, or life, exclude any supernatural cause, well, then scientists must come up with some seemingly plausible cause. But when supernatural cause is allowed to simply be considered, a supernatural designer is far more reasonable and demonstrable, given everything we ever observe in nature, than random events at the atomic, molecular, organismal, planetary, or galactic scale, <laughs> resulting in the structure and function we observe from atoms to galaxies all around us. And thermodynamically, we know that time does not solve the problem. In fact, it reduces the odds of complexity resulting from chance. Well, Dr. Scripture, it seems so typical in the debate now 
to just make statements based on assumptions that there is nothing left to debate, which seems to close debate even before it begins. Mm -hmm. But what do you do with all the questions being brought up? How do you answer the contradictory evidence that continues to mount? And until there are voices loud enough to be heard over the dogma of the boilerplate claims of the evolutionary worldview, those kinds of statements will go on unchallenged by the mainstream powers that be in academia, the media, and political bureaucratic institutions. But let's continue reading from the article. After saying, like most scientists, I perceive a readily observable fact, Earth is billions of years old, he goes on to say, quote, but a 2019 Gallup poll showed that 40% of American adults ascribe to a strictly creationist view of human origin, believing that God created them in their present form within roughly the past 10,000 years. As much as the scientific community disagrees, creationism is not going away. Now I have to stop again. One of the clever usages of terms by evolutionists is to call the creation position creationism, putting creation explanations in the category of a religious system. I think I can confidently say I've never heard an evolutionist refer to their explanation for origins as evolutionism. Anyway, forgetting that pet peeve of mine, I'll read on. Quote, rather than reject tracks or passively renewing its membership, CHEA should offer a constructive solution that holds the group to higher standards on science education. A committee that includes mainstream scientists could gather information and develop detailed recommendations for the institution to adopt. Absent some principled compromise, a renewal of tracks membership should be delayed or denied, unquote. A committee of mainstream scientists? And will there be any creationists on that committee? There are large numbers of highly trained, credentialed scientists who do not ascribe to an evolutionary worldview, but somehow I doubt they will be included in that group of mainstream scientists. I think we all know what mainstream scientists mean, and it would be scientists with that entrenched bias, making detailed recommendations that must be adopted by TRACS or any other accrediting organization if they want to be recognized. And if they aren't willing to compromise, their membership should be denied or delayed, which is in effect the same thing. And here are some examples of the kinds of detailed recommendations Swamidas proposes. Quote, One helpful principle is transparency. As a matter of academic freedom, scientists should tolerate institutions that teach creation science. But deviations from national norms in a science curriculum need to be prominently disclosed, tracked, and reported. In practice, that means transcripts that clearly state which courses and degrees include creation science. Credit from courses that include creation science should not be used toward science degrees, nor should they be eligible for transfer to secular institutions. If TRACS is recognized, it should also give more space to students and faculty who disagree over key issues. TRACS member institutions operate by belief or faith statements with varying levels of tolerance for dissent. A reasonable process would not require creationist institutions to modify their faith statements, but to align with national norms, tracks should defend the academic freedom of those who dissent from scientific creationism. I'll stop one more time. He proposes that the school should hire faculty that disagree with its statement of faith. 
then what's the point of a statement of faith? You attend a college thinking you're going to be taught from a biblical creation worldview, and your biology professor is advocating the superiority of evolution as an explanation for the origin and diversity of life. The statement of faith or the statements in the Bible notwithstanding. Dr. Scripture, I think that actually happens a lot more than most parents who believe in creation realize. I know it happens a lot, Scott even with statements of faith in place, to enforce the hiring of faculty that do not adhere to the statement of faith is not compromise, it's surrender. Well, here's the final portion of the article I want to read. Quote, Avoiding conflict by unconditionally renewing tracks membership is an unacceptable approach, but we need a more constructive solution than simply excluding those with whom we disagree, even if they seem obviously wrong, as creationists do. The best solution is to respect Trax institutions' unique character while holding them to high academic standards, unquote. I submit that definition of high academic standard is nothing more than the entrenched creed of the mainstream scientific community, evolutionism. And as a creationist, I say we dare not compromise with evolutionism. It's not just the truth about origins at stake. Our commitment to the trustworthiness of God's word is on the line. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And that's not what I say. That's what scripture says. We will re-air the two-part episode regarding Dr. Swamidas and his compromise on Adam and Eve beginning next week.